And welcome back to Pagan World, the only talk show right now in a world of recording. And certainly we'll be recording after the next period of time, which we are live right now, 319-527-6778. And uh, so tonight, ask me anything if you want to give a call in. I know that this has been kind of one of those interesting things. Today's December 4th. I actually have three questions already been asked of me. And you can check out my Facebook page. Uh, it's at A. Hubbard or at The Pagan. Uh, you can find me anywhere. But, well, the first one, the first question I want to deal with it is, yeah, why am I called Ed the Pagan? And I've told this story many times, but I think I think they were asking something different. They heard this story. And the story is, is that I used to be a call-in in the 90s, and I call into the, the merging talk radio of AM, after the Fairness Doctrines had fallen, and they had gone into these sort of talk shows, which made them a lot easier to do so. And I used to call in all the time. About the fifth time in, uh, the, the guy says, well, what are we going to call you? Can't keep calling you just that. And they go, oh, call me anything you want. And you go, okay. Ed. And, and so then Gary Myers says, hey, Ed, we're talking to Ed the Pagan. 1995. And ever since then, I have carried that name, my first AOL name, 10 letters, Ed the Pagan. I put it in there. It was a Clark. Uh, but when did I become Ed the Pagan is what he was asking. When was it I accepted it? And that was Crossroads 2000, where we were all sitting at uh, Drummond's Bakers at Crossroads. It was um, out there in Virginia, out in that beautiful property. Uh, Peganet News was still out. It was a newspaper. And uh, Oberon Zell, Rick Davis, a lot of guys with people were there. And I was there for really one of the first times I talked after the parliament. I was talking about what, what was happening from the parliament. And it was the first time I got free admission for coming in. And I got, you know, fed. Um, was even given a check for $50. So I remember that because Drummond was very nice. Uh, Drummond back her. <clears throat> and I gave my speech and every day. But before she did the speech, she came out and said, we're going to introduce you to, and I think we all know him as Ed the Pagan. Uh, clapping. I thought I was going to go out there to crickets or noise. No, I got some clapping. I go, oh, great. I gave my speech, and um, and that moment on, I knew it was Ed the Pagan. So people can ask me, well, that sounds pretty arrogant. And some people say, well, that's kind of neat. Are you the only Pagan? And for some people, that was the other reason I did it. I really was going to give it up. But somebody who was very important to me said, Ed, and let me be honest with you, uh, the person that was important to me at the time uh, was Janet Paris. And, and she told me, she said, I'm about, you, you might be the only pagan any of them ever know. Uh, this was in Chicago where we're doing uh, Light of the Moon. Uh, truly amazing thing. Uh, it was an amazing time uh, in Chicago. And yeah, the Queen of Earth and Sky basically said, you know, you may be the only pagan they know or have ever met. And uh, that really stuck with me. So I was grateful to the boss, uh, Janet Barris. <clears throat> and that energy was very important to me because I was developing in the 90s. People don't, may not necessarily recognize it, but I was developing my emotions. And man, were they difficult. Uh, and I was also wanting to teach because I... Like a lot of newborn converts, was a fanatic. And my longer stories, you know, I've gone through different patterns. But when I finally stuck 
Uh, I started to do things that changed the way my community worked for good, primarily for good. I still feel to say I feel mostly good about it. Um, who knows? Maybe a little less, maybe a little bit more, but I feel good about it. Because today it's still there. The big, beautiful community is still right there. And that's something I've learned now after 32 years. Yay, it's still there here in Chicago. Uh, but that's one of the reasons I became at the Peggy. And, and then basically it became a in the Internet world. This is the real secret. It became a pretty unique hashtag, avatar, icon. And what we know is a brand. So that's that's it. So here I am, Ed the Pagan, everywhere. And uh, I really do enjoy being in that name. 319-527-6778. How long have I known Reverend Don Lewis? This comes up a lot. Um, I've known him since I was 27 years old. Yep, I'm verge of my 28th birthday. Psychic fairs. We worked the same psychic fairs, and he lived near me, and he drove me to the psychic fairs back and forth. Fate threw us into a very strange thing that we met, and that friendship has given birth to a tremendously wonderful community called the Great Family. Um, can I talk more on being a guyist? Okay, so... Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, we're running to a couple of different places. I am running there. You can give me a direct call if you want to be on there, 319-527-6778. So, yes, I'm a Corellian. I'll talk to being about being a Corellian if people really want me to. But people are now talking about being, being a Gaiist. And, yes, I am a Gaiist. And, yes, I am studying Gaiism and deeply and have most of my life. And, yes, I am working to have the Millennium Goddess, which is uh, Oberon Zell's centerpiece of the mastery of life, explanation of this theology, be better known and better related, that image being put better out into the world. And uh, so he's doing a great job of that, and I really want to see that. And in Theogenesis, uh, the idea that goddess, you know, the goddess gave birth, in a way she gave birth into forms of evolution. The truth is, is that nature is the only goddess or only god I'll ever know. It's the only divine entity that I'll have a relationship with. Regardless of what's happening, it's happening here in Gaia's womb. And if it happens out in space, it'll be still in some form of Gaia's womb. I mean, I cannot live without oxygen yet. I mean, not yet. I can't live without food, water, especially water. I mean, we could have a liquid nutrient and we could atrophy our, our intestinal system as long as we get the right protein mix and all of that. We can be very biomechanical if we need to be. And we are. We're the biomechanical parts of the love of Gaia. Let me ramble more. So I absolutely believe Gaia is a macro entity. And that macro entity is constantly in experimentation of itself. And it exists collectively with a great deal of intelligence. We are a part of its intelligence. We think of ourselves as, as a separate part of the intelligence, but we're babies. We're, we're infant species to her intelligence. We are now active players. I mean, we've seen the ant colonies and the ant cities that she experimented with before. And still, ants are the dominant creature on the face of the earth. So their technology, their architecture, their adaptability, all of that, from a humble wasp 
to losing his legs and then forming this community of high technology. They exist in high technology, and they have adapted and taken over the planet. From their point of view, they're just about everywhere. And so, and they've adapted to every environment, much like men. To think that Gaia doesn't repeat patterns? I mean, there are some genetics that we have in common with that entity, the ants. And that's something that we deal with. And so you go on to the idea of computers. Well, of course we're laying down computers. And yet, oh, but that's, that's new. No, it's not new. We now know as our self-centered, our species-centered, as any baby species needs to do, is feed itself. So we ate everything we could. We are still eating everything we can to become our adult form. Yeah, children of the gods have to grow up. I've always loved thinking to myself, I'm not really a child of God. I'm a teenager of God. You know, I've grown up a little bit. I know a few things. And so, and the pagans are more, you know, I says, I'm a teenager of God. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, stop this children's stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit more advanced than a preteen. Um, not very much. But so, in this sort of entity, Gaia of them, I'm just one element, and I've passed my genes on. I'm very fortunate. I have grandchildren. I have children, lovely children, amazing children, better than their parents, better than me. Um, and so many ways. And you want that for your children. You want them to do better than you. And why? It's because that's what we're compelled to do. Is it free will? I don't think it is, but I like it. I enjoy it. So Gaia is a god, and everything about my life lives at her good graces. Think about it. And so for me, Gaia is what it is. And also, I am, I, I'm incredibly caught up with the idea that we're bees. We're fucking bees. We may be constructionist bees, but we're about to build new environments, new hives for Gaia. Remember, I talked about ant cities. Hives are food-producing factories for themselves. If we weren't around, lots of animals like honey. I'm finding out. A lot of mammals do. But even then, they would still build these things because that's how they survive. That's how they live. That's how they feed their own. And so in my heart, I've always believed that we were about to seed. And Alan Watts talks about this. He says, trees, apple trees, apple. That's what it was due. That's what his purpose is for. And he says, planets, people. And I, I think that's true. And what do you know, when the planet's fully peopled, what does it do? Well, you have to harvest it. And I think at some point, I think there's this idea of Armageddon and Apocalypse as the harvest, so you can start again on that ground. And I want to think, no, 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 no. We want to keep this very full, very flush, very green world. And we want to go fill out the other spaces, the spaces. We, life is going to thrive out there. I don't care what anyone thinks. Life is going to thrive, and we're going to have so much fun. Um, I really like a book, Helix and the Sword, by John McCullough, and he only wrote two books. 
the Cohen of the School of Masters, or he wrote a lot of other books that were not. He only wrote two fiction books, and one was The Sword and the Helix, and it's about us living in space. In fact, the war on Earth got so bad that Moscow and Washington came to blows. And they don't know what that means. And they live in space. On islands. Humanity goes back to being island dwellers. And I've always thought that was so beautiful and so great. And the mothering isles made the seed that would become these islands, which were, and they described it in different ways, how they would come out and these crab-like entities would then sit down and start eating up the stone, and then they would plant, you know, the self, and they would turn into these sort of um, buildings, these bars and, and ways to, to crap, trap air, and then they start converting stone into oxygen and other atmospherics, and on and on and on. And the seeds just started life, just like the serious panspermia. We'll talk more about that. At the end of the day, isn't that a beautiful idea? Isn't that idea that we will take life with us into space? <clears throat> Regardless of the reason. I don't like the reason for it, but I did love the the ideas of it. And I was very much seeing the religion of the future based on St. Darwin, who in the book, let me, I, I will spoil a little bit for you, um, is that is tarred, that he, he, was, he, was, he was martyred by being tarred and burned. It didn't happen in our world, but in the space world, that's how they remember him. Think about that. Yeah. So it was a great book, but that's what I look at Gaiaism. It's about life. It's about everything about it. And regardless of how it goes, it's all the God I'll ever know. Because even if it is, then I find ways to communicate with other gods through, say, myceliums. Huge amounts of information, trees, medicines, technology, whatever it is. Ultimately, I still am part of that being called Gaia. So Gaia expresses. All righty, folks. That's my Gaiaism. Sorry for yeah. Wow, that has been that was a terrifically energetic thing. Okay, what do I mean that I am not entangled? Yeah, my morning thing. If you want to ever find out at A. Hubbard, I talk about all sorts of things, coffee on down. Um, so so as of today, the, my final entanglement of not having conflicts of interest with what I, my life of the last 30 years, I began a process approximately 15 mi- months ago to begin separating my life from the church and and witch school, for more or less. I needed to see a huge change in how everything was going to operate because I was starving. Huh. I was essentially starving for passions to build. It's my obsession went nuts and basically COVID really set me in my clarity up and I did a couple of projects and Pagan World came out of this so it's very important what Pagan World came out of this and and I knew the tradition my Corellian tradition was growing and grew and it did such a great job and it still does and I want to honor 
uh, the most Reverend Don Lewis uh, for all the work over the years, but also now most Reverend Phoenix Coffin Williams and First Priestess Alyssa Kemp. I think Mason Kemp. Names are not are my trips. How would I ever become a talk show with names being bad because I don't have the cards right in front of me? I, um, yep, a little scene behind the tools. But um, so, yes, and so I am now free of entanglement uh, in the sense of I'm not committed to other people. I don't know that their plans. Even though I was deeply founded in the founding of Witch School and everything else, I'm not involved with the management anymore. As far as the operation of the Corellian traditions, I've actually stepped back. Um, I am just a Reverend Ed Hubbard uh, right now within that context of the Corellian tradition, nationalist Christian, the Corellian Nativist Church Incorporated, which is the controlling church and the controlling body of the Corellian tradition right now. They are the record campus and holders. And there's a lot there. Am I a Corellian? Oh, absolutely. Am I still going to do Corellian things? Oh, my gosh. Which college has got this whole piece? Um, and I'm also going to be deeply involved in 2024 and being a Gaius as well. More on that later. But, yeah. But from a point of view of saying having my own operation, Pagan World and, and the college coming and amazing and everything else, there is this thing called entanglements, and I've been now separated long enough um, that any any sort of expectation of contract information, um, anything like that, is now ended. I can, I'm free to do it as I please. Um, I don't have to be discreet. I don't have to be anything. And people don't realize I I was under kind of a belief and control of that you should be discreet. Did everybody practice discretion? That's for others to say. I don't care. I forgive everybody. It just, it was a really tough year. But now I am disentangled. I don't have any, they have no liability for me. Me, I have no liability from them. We have no, uh, they are running their own systems. And I, I, it is so important that they do because it's my dream that they do. I mean, everything about that is, you know, the witch school system, which is about to become, whose transcripts are probably, which will be accepted at which college, is growing. I mean, it's, it has a really potential to grow. It's done a great job. It's been there. And now which college is going to be different? It's something I, I want to operate. And people have asked me why is which school and which college not being run by the same people. And that is a very good question and mostly because which college needs a startup energy it's going to be more of a community college it's not going to be Wollenstein and it's not going to be which does a glorious job of really preparing people for leadership in a sense of leading the world world-class leadership Wichkul, world-class leadership. Cherry Hill Seminary, world-class leadership. Um, even Circle, which teaches clergy, is for deep governmental and institutional practices. These people do amazing jobs. Um, there are other schools out there. 
the Wiccan Family Church uh, by Star Ravenhawk out in New York, who does a lot of on-the-ground work. It's fantastic for teaching their traditions and, and their energy. So all of these are still there, and they're fantastic, and I recommend them. And we'll talk about accepting their things. Which college, just like which will cut the noise, and did give energy to the movement that would come out. Um, you know, I remember talking to Oberon. You know, people didn't know it. Oberon laughed at Witch School the first time you heard it. I mean, really belly laughed. That was the 2000 event that I told you about. So did Trevor. So did Rich Davis. I have never forgotten that. But life goes on. See, motivational moments of our elders. Uh, my daughter tells me all the time I used to drop my grudges. Uh, but that makes for e- interesting entertainment with you. So there we go. 319-527-6778. I am trying to do a retro thing of bringing back a talk show at 8 o'clock Central Time. Back in a time of recorded podcasts. And no matter how I do it, you're most likely to record it. So I'm disentangled. I I don't have to answer to anybody. I do have a small board for Pagan World of really exemplary people, but I'm not answering to them uh, in the way that I was answering to Witch School. And so let me finalize the story. Um, about 15 months ago, I realized that the Internet structure is about to change in a dramatic way. This is three months before ChatGPT really hit. And I've been talking about it. And basically... Um, Don's cardiac event, the one that really set everybody tizzy, really set a question of which way we were going. And as it has happened often to me, I am a Cassandrian. I belong to the line of Cassandrian people. Uh, I didn't get, you know, I feel like I I understood it. And uh, this sort of idea of being committed to a very small group of people settled in to a very small class of people settled in and it became exact to me that it was not possible for the individuals who were in charge, who learned it, who earned it, who did a great job. I mean, are doing that sort of thing. Wanted something very different. Um, So I began a process of, of starting to step away, uh, and I would have, you know, Don's cardiac event showed up a lot of tanglements, angers, loves, hates. It was a grand drama. Let me leave it at that. But at the end of the day, it allowed me to disentangle myself to begin to begin anew. That's what I mean, I'm disentangled. I can begin anew. Am I a reverend? Of course I am, a Corellian reverend. Corellian number four. I've always been very proud of it. Um, I'm going to be part of the historical story. Um, am I going to be at the illustration? Is that what you're asking me? Um, yeah, I'll be at the illustration. Of course I am. I'm going to be there with Peggy World TV. Uh, Mary Hawk is leading that as the president of Peggy World TV. She's leading that effort uh, to assure that it's going to be recorded and, more importantly, transmitted across the world. And, yeah, there'll probably be other press events and things of that nature. Am I going to be there? Yeah. Am I talking? Probably not. I can't imagine anyone asking me to talk. But if I get asked, I'm sure I will. Uh, will I do uh podcast from there? Probably.
I'll do my own recording and things like that because I have a lot to say about it. I mean, but I'm not the main character of the show. No, this is going to be the most beautiful royal event you've ever seen in the pagan world. This is an all-out event of epic proportions, unique and one-time. Let's hope it's one-time. An event unparalleled in the Corellian tradition, and I dare say in the modern pagan era. Yeah, that big an event. Passion, energy, of course, how could I not want to witness it? I mean, I just witnessed in in August, along with everybody else, the most passionate, the most beautiful pagan ritual that had high impact. Not because it was well-performed, which it was. Um, as, As good as anything that you see, because these were professionals, but because of the breadth and depth of the individuals who basically presented that energy. And that energy continues forward of that ritual to the lustration May 15th through the 17th. Yeah, um, out there. There'll be more. We'll talk more about that. It's also going to be listed on Pagan World. But yeah, so, but I'm not a participant um, at this time. I'm not. If you want to know who's in charge, it's Jason. Hi, Corral. Go right to Jason. And Brenda is getting her her, her project uh, chops in there. If you want to know about, more about Pagan World, just go to Pagan.World. We're everywhere. We're, we're about to change the way the world works. Um, really? What is the difference? Is that really what you want to be? What's the difference between now and last year? Okay, it's very simple. Last year at this time, I was pretty much, I was pretty happy about heading towards a parliament. Um, and I was preparing to leave the home of Lori Denman at the time. Uh, I left the house of Lori Denman on December 18th with no expectations of returning. I have every right to return. And she's so, uh, Lori Denman was always so gracious about that. But because of the fact I didn't like what was happening inside the witch school system, I didn't like how it was affecting the tradition. I couldn't care less how the tradition ran. People don't be, people have always said that. Don ran the tradition. Stephanie ran the tradition. Everybody else ran the tradition. I, I was the school and I was the marketer of the school and I was the spokesman for the school. I was the, that. So I was a really, so when I, and reason why did I get ranks inside the Corellian tradition? Well, because I did jobs inside this Corellian tradition. First elder twice. Um, for, uh, last thing I was an officer at large. Um, Paladin general and all those things. Um, all those things that I've now set aside so that I can do Pagan World Pagan, uh, and Witch College and Second Academy, this sort of endeavor of, of creating great systems. And if I'm lucky, which will continue, the Corellian tradition will continue. I will have built great systems that they can use and they continue on. And I think they will. I think anytime you change from a boomer, boomer and extra leadership, older ex leadership to millennial leadership 
And I think there's always going to be hard feelings anytime there's a generational uh, battle, especially when there were so many misconceptions. But today, the Karelian tradition is still a very strong tradition, being led by very smart people, very clever people. But most importantly, loving people who believe in the great family. That's essential. Those who hated, those who were in there for the power and the energy and not the love and the great family, as always, the ancestors moved them out. And now it's building the great family once again. I'm really kind of content with that. So, and I think that as we go forward, I'm, I look so forward to that in so many ways. And in order to get there, we have to upgrade the community. So what is which college? Well, we'll talk tomorrow with Don on his midday show on Pagan World TV on Facebook and or YouTube and or Pagan World itself. Yep, we, have, we play it right there on the front page. Um, so there we go. We have some really strong ideas. But which college? We'll talk more about it. But what at the end of the day, I've talked about all these other great colleges, and they, they're taking care of very important. And I think they've absolutely fulfilled the role of preparing us and getting us the, the energy and the attention and the teachings needed for us to match divinity training and pastoral counseling training that we need in the community. I think we've got a long way to get enough of it. And I think they, these systems have to continue growing. Which college is a trade school. <laughs> Can you be a professional witch? Can you do tarot cards? Can you learn about witchcraft? And we're starting with Witch Starter, which is going to talk about the entirety of the entire witch school. And I got some of the leading teachers, so I'm so amazed at it. Um, so we're going to talk more about the Witch Starter. Yeah. What can I say? It's amazing. It's really amazing. And so Witchstarter is going to be out there. And what is going to be in Witchstarter? I'll talk tomorrow on more on the Midday Show about that. So, folks, okay, that's a random question. Okay. Why do you like to go to festivals? That's kind of a random question. I love festivals. Uh well, Neil Goodman's become a great companion, and I've been we've been companioning on the road trying to build our ideas of, of festivals because he's the one who really ignited my passion for festivals. I hadn't gone to very much festival. I'd gone to a couple of PSGs. Yes, I went to PSGs like every four, five, six years because I needed to. And I went to Starwood, and I liked it. But in the 90s and the, through the 2000s, I really didn't have much of a passion for them. Uh, St. Louis Peggy Picnic was different. We went every year. Last year was the first year we missed in oh, over two decades. Breaks my heart. And, well, but the, uh, but St. Louis Peggy Picnic continues. Um, but Neil showed me the inside of the festivals when I first met him. We'll have him on the show. We'll talk about it. When I first met him, he was a very different type of individual. He was very practiced. He was very much about his business. And his business was pagan festival selling and making people happy at pagan festivals. And he's a smile salesman. Oh, he sells his clothing. He sells the garb. He gets you in state. He, he, he uses 
clothing and he uses energy that is at the festival to help you change your state in a very physical way to match that headspace that you're hearing all around you. And that's a remarkable thing to watch. It's it's so invigorating. It's so interesting. And then you see these people throughout the week in some of the clothes you wear and other clothes too because clothes just move around and, and watch their mundane wardrobe get transformed a bit, you know, you know get incorporated in there. And they go home and they have this clothing with this smell, this scent, this energy. And they some of them pack it away for the next year. Some people wear it around their house or you know, on the weekends. Um if some are fortunate enough, they wear it all year round. But it does remind them of that moment. And what is it that moment where you change your state to allow Gaia, for me, nature, people, friends, into your life in a way that you don't have in the outside world because you have no other worries. You just have to make sure you're fed and you're, you're basic taken care of. And that's easy. You know, our ancestors knew that. They did. Life was easier. People talk about peasants having so much, but people talk about them having 150 days of holidays. Um, so there you go. And uh, there you go. So check out Pagan World. And... Um, Yeah, three one nine five two seven six seven seven eight. I'm looking for any last questions. No. Nope. Well, okay, this one was a short one. I really want to thank you. So we're going to have more great guests. We're going to have a show. Uh, if you want to be part of this, Pagan World TV, join us. And we'll talk about anything that you want. I'll be having some great guests, more books, everything I can imagine. Everything's about to get things because, well, I'm a free radical again. Thank you. And uh, until next time, if you like this, please subscribe to your local podcasting distribution service.